0: How's it going, Knicks fans? Welcome back to another episode of Fireside Knicks. I'm your host, Dylan Backer, and I'm joined by my brother and co-host, Justin Backer. And today, we're going to be talking about a very, very good win for the New York Knicks. They spoiled James Harden's Clippers debut by defeating the Los Angeles Clippers by a score of 111-97, a 14-point victory. Very, very good second half, especially from the Knicks. We're going to talk about all those things, lots of good things to talk about. Feels like we haven't had a lot of good things to talk about this season. So really excited to get right into it. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it off to my brother, Justin. Let him give us our recap and his biggest takeaways and anything else he wants to add. So go for it, my man. Yeah, you know, obviously the Knicks got a a big win in James Harden's Clipper debut. You know, I'm really happy that the Knicks kind of stuck it to James Harden in this one. You know, James Harden is dismantled three franchises now at this point so really nice to see that you know in his first game with a new franchise on a loaded roster that the Knicks come out and destroy them really to be honest so really really encouraging win overall you know this game was kind of back and forth through three quarters they were going bucket for bucket shot for shot it was a really close game I believe they were down at halftime the Knicks were I believe they were down by like six or seven something like that and you know this was a close game through three quarters really good game But you really didn't know which direction it was going to go. It could really have gone either way. And then in the fourth quarter, the Knicks just pulled away. That was just impressive what they did, especially with the bench unit. The bench unit was awesome in this game, especially Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo did exactly what he was advertised to do when he was brought in by the Knicks. Obviously, he only played 16 minutes, had 12 points and 6 rebounds. You might look at that and you go, well, why is he the star of the game that you're showcasing? If you watched the game, you wouldn't know why. He was impactful on both sides. He was making it happen, especially in the fourth quarter. He had a couple clutch shots when the Knicks really needed him. He's really the reason the Knicks were able to pull away like that and go up by 16, 17 points, however much they went up by in the fourth quarter. He's a big reason why. That was just awesome to see from him. Dante DiVincenzo has honestly played pretty well so far with the Knicks. He's had a couple really good games. And, yeah, that was really encouraging to see. This was really his first garden moment. So, yeah, that was fun. Uh, Julius Randle, I want to talk about him. Really, really great game from Julius Randle. You know, we gave him a lot of crap last last episode saying he needs to be better. He needs to turn around. He's taking a lot of heat from the media, taking a lot of heat from us. But really, nobody was on his side. Nobody was defending him. Me and you are one of his biggest defenders. We were even, like, questioning, you know, what can we really do about this? We can't defend this. You know what I mean? We weren't really – We were, for the first time in a while, we were questioning what the Knicks' future looks like with Randle. So, You know, to see him kind of bounce back from that, especially in front of a tough garden crowd, have 27 points, 10 rebounds, nine to 21 from the field, three for eight from three. This was really, this is by far his best game of the season. And this looked more like last year. This looked more like last year's version of Randall. So this was very encouraging. You know, early in the game, he was kind of passive. He was kind of looking like he was afraid to shoot. You kind of went, oh no, is this more the same? You know, his process looked good, but he was still hesitating to shoot. And then just in the second quarter, he really started to kind of turn it up. He started getting downhill more often, really was attacking the basket, was playing really aggressive on both sides of the ball, really. He was just playing with a lot of heart, a lot of hustle, and he turned in a really great game, by far his best game of the season. You know, we said – you know, last episode, that if the Knicks are going to turn this around and start playing great basketball again, it starts with Randall. And that's exactly what happened. Brunson had an off night tonight. Brunson was just straight up terrible tonight. He had seven points, six assists. He did have three steals, but he was only two for 12 from the field and one for three from three. So, and I believe he had four or five turnovers in this game. He had four. I'm looking at it right now. So just an off night for Brunson. I I address it when Randall has bad games. I have to address it when Brunson does too. Transparency is always important. So, you know, I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to sit here and only, get on Randall when he has a bad game. No, Brunson was pretty bad tonight. I did expect this though. The Clippers have a lot of length with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You kind of had a feeling that Brunson was going to struggle. He's always struggled against teams with a lot of length on the perimeter. So I'm not too surprised that he had a bad game, but the fact that he played this poorly and the Knicks won by double digits really against a super team says something about how important Julius Randall playing well is. Julius Randall, we don't win this game if Julius Randall will play like that. We don't win at all. We don't even We probably get blown out. So very encouraging. R.J. Barrett continued to play well yet again. 26.6 rebounds, four assists, nine for 16 from the field, two for four from three, six for six from the free throw line too. So, you know, he's just he's been phenomenal really to the start of the year. Not much else I can really say about it. We say it every episode. He's playing really well. I mean, coming back from a knee injury that kept him out for two games, you really were kind of wondering how he looked today. He hasn't missed a step. He looked great. I believe he also passed 5,000 points in this game too. So congratulations, RJ. I believe you were the youngest Nick to do that too. So that is definitely something. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, dominant once again, 13 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, he had four steals in this one too. That's just, man, he's just been a force on, on both sides really. His rebounding and his defense has just been superb to start the year. He's arguably been the Nick's third best player this year. So Really encouraging stuff from him. Josh Hart finally came alive today. He had 10 points, seven assists, three rebounds, two steals, really filled up the stat sheet. You know, he had a couple big plays. You really felt his presence today. First few games, you're kind of scratching your head going, you know, where is he? What He's kind of just out there doing cardio running around today. That is not the case at all. He had definitely had an impact on this game and put in another great performance. You know, all in all, this was just a great team win. Uh, the team defended really well. get uh, again. You know, the, the defense has been really the only bright side, really, so far this season. The offense has been so putrid that you kind of forget about it. But the Knicks have defended really well in every game. They just held a team with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and now James Harden to 97 points. And the starters were pulled when they only had 88 points. So, I mean, that is just phenomenal defense. I, the defense can take the Knicks a long way, to be honest. Defense wins championships, as you know, it's a cliche saying, but it's true. Defense does win championships. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to win the championship if they defend like this but definitely gives them a better chance you know what I'm saying so all in all great team win very pleased with this one hopefully this is good for team morale hopefully this is good for their spirits and everything and you know hopefully this is a sign of things to come hopefully this is the start of the turnaround so uh, uh, yeah Yeah, you know, first off, those were great takeaways. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head on pretty much everything. You know, it was important that yeah, highlighted all the good stuff and the bad stuff, of course, but ninety percent of it was good for once, which has been, you know, not really been the case for most of the season. You know, I know in this game they were two and four with the league's worst offense. So, you know, most of the talk had been about just how bad the offense had been, how bad Julius Randle had really been. You know, and how they really struggled to close games out because, you know, they were getting in these really tough, tough losses against, you know, Boston on opening night against Milwaukee the other night. You know, games that you really felt they could have won and just let it slip away. Those are tough losses and those are tough to come back from. And, you know, it's been a tough start to the season for the Knicks scheduling wise. You know, they faced almost straight up playoff teams to start the year. You know, as I alluded to, they played Boston-Milwaukee already this year they played the Cavaliers twice, they just played the Clippers, you know, I mean, they even though they got the Spurs next game, they, they still got to go up against Victor Wembenyama, so that's not exactly an easy game either, you know what I mean, it's a tough matchup really for anybody right now, but regardless, I'm pleased with today's win, huge win, I think this was the most, this was a much needed win, you know, it sounds cliche to say, you know, a game is a must win when you're not even 10 games into the season, but This was a must win. You needed to win this game to kind of get your footing back, get your, like when you say, get your morale back, you know, feel a little bit more confident about the team going forward. And I think all pieces played really well today, you know, Especially Julius Randle. I think he really needed this bounce back game more than anything. You know, like you said, 27 points, 10 rebounds. He shot pretty well as well. He didn't shoot amazing, but he shot good. He shot, you know, better efficiency than what we were seeing because he was shooting tour dates before that, which was not good at all. He was really, really, really shooting bad. Historically bad, if anything. The game he had today really, really needed that I thought he played really well like you said his process as well he was making the right decisions for once he wasn't forcing it too many times there were a couple bad possessions where I was like okay maybe you don't need to take that kind of shot but you know compared to the other games it was much better from him tonight I was really pleased with that I want to see more of that I hope we continue to see more of that I hope we see that his little funk that he was in is gone and that he's back to being that all-star level player that we've all come to know and love so I'm really hoping for that you know I, I was Pleased with RJ Barrett, you know, coming back from that knee injury. Like you said, you weren't sure how he's gonna play. I really want to talk about his free throws for a minute here. He's shooting 85% from the free throw line to start the season. That's incredible. That's really that's incredible for any player, but for RJ Barrett, that is a massive leap. Looking at his stat lines over his over his NBA career, you know, he averages roughly around like 70%, 75% from the free throw line in his career. And now he's shooting 85% from the line. I know it's only over a five-game sample size, but I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing. He's actually knocking down his free throws and he's getting to the line at a decent rate. He's averaging five free throws a game, which is just about what he normally averages, but it shows that he's willing to attack and gets to the line. And he's also shooting 44% from three and he's taking five threes a game this year. So far in the five games he's played, that's also very encouraging. You know, we do, we know RJ Barrett is a guy who's kind of a pretty inefficient outside score. You know, he had the 40% from three point range in 2021 and he shot 34% from three in 2022, but you know, last year he shot only thirty one percent from three and it was pretty rough and you know, we've seen him get into some just massive shooting slumps that seemed like it was impossible for him to get out of. Right now he's nailing his shots though. He's getting them he's he's getting those shots to fall. He looks smooth while he's doing it, he doesn't look like he's forcing, he doesn't look like he's rushing shots either. It looks like he's playing with the flow of the game. I think he's playing very well. I think, you know, him playing at this level will go a long way. Because it'll give the Knicks that third, that real true third option they've been looking for. Not saying that this is like a superstar piece, but this is a very, very good piece that can, you know, compliment Brunson and Randall if they're at the top of their games at all times. And, you know, I also really want to touch on Mitchell Robinson. I think he's been the Knicks' most impactful player so far this season. And, you know, that may sound, some people might say, oh, but Brunson's had two games where he's had, where he's been amazing and RJ Barrett's been great every game. I don't think the Knicks are three and four without Mitchell Robinson. I'm just going to be honest. If you look at the Knicks shooting numbers this season overall, they're horrible. You know, the Knicks are shooting like entering this game. They were shooting below 40% from the field, which was the worst in the league. That's horrible. 40% below 40% as a team, not just like one player as a team. I don't think the Knicks would be this at three and four right now without the efforts of Mitchell Robinson. You know, getting those 15 rebounds and especially in the offensive glass as well, getting all those second chance opportunities for the Knicks, that goes a long way. You know, I've mentioned it before, but even, you know, simply just fighting for rebounds as well helps with transition defense. And I think that's part of why their defense has been so good this season. Some of those things may sound a little ticky tacky, but I think it's true. I think, you know, it it really goes a long way with those kind of things on both sides of the floor. But the offensive rebounding is. Just absurd. Like I, I have never seen Mitchell Robinson play this well, really ever. You know, we've seen Mitchell Robinson have very good games in his career prior to this season. But right now, he just looks dominant. Like there are not many players in the game right now that can really contain him in the paint. He's not the type of guy that's going to score like 25 points a night, but he's a guy that's going to make life your life difficult in the paint when you're trying to get rebounds and stuff like that. He's going to make it difficult for you, and he's a good shot blocker as well. He's fouling a lot less, which I think is a huge thing that not many people are talking about. He's not getting into foul trouble nearly as much. Like tonight, he was able to play 34 minutes. He wasn't able to get that many minutes last season, and if most Knicks fans remember the beginning of last season. Through the first 10 games, Isaiah Hartenstein had more minutes than Mitchell Robinson because Mitchell Robinson was getting into foul trouble a lot. Now that's been the complete opposite. And Isaiah Hartenstein has been playing very well. Don't get me wrong. But Mitchell Robinson, I think... If he continues to play at this level, I think that's going to go a long way for the Knicks. I think that's going to be very instrumental to any success that the team will have this season. So I'm just really pleased with what I'm seeing from him. Those are like some of my biggest takeaways. You know, obviously Brunson had a really bad night against the Clippers, as we just talked about. You know, just awful. It's a game that, quite frankly, you want Brunson's going to want to forget. But thankfully, the team won this game. So You know, it didn't hurt us in any way. It just goes to show how important guys like Randall and Barrett really are to this team. If they're playing at the top of their game, you can kind of, you know, have that insurance in case a guy like Brunson has a bad game. Because, you know, quite frankly, these are NBA players. They're not going to have fantastic games every single night. You know, that kind of just proved it right here. Brunson's start overall has been, you know, not the not the second half of last year, Brunson, that we saw. It's been good. But we've seen better from Jalen Brunson and obviously tonight is not the night you want to really remember from Brunson if we're being completely honest and I don't think he's going to want to remember it either. But, you know, if guys like Barrett and Randall are playing the way they did tonight, it's going to go a long way. Those are some of my biggest takeaways, though. I don't want to ramble on too much. I want to pass it back off to you. If you got any other big takeaways you want to mention, any other players you want to highlight and anything else you want to add, really because they got another game coming up in a couple of days against the number one pick from last year. and Quite frankly, a very, very highly touted prospect that a lot of us know about. So I'm just going to pass it back to you. Yeah. I just want to touch on Mitchell Robinson real quick. You know, you mentioned the foul troubles that he used to, you know, that used to really plague him that plagued him for the first several years of his career. That was one of his main flaws. You know, we always knew he was an athletic freak that could defend the rim at a crazy rate, rebound the ball at a crazy rate, but he could never stay on the court because he was always in foul trouble or he was injured right now. He looks healthy and he's not getting into foul trouble. That's perfect. That's all we want out of him. We don't need him to shoot threes. We don't need him to do crossovers like we see in the off-season workout videos. We need him to do this. He's dominant at that. He's great at this. You know what I mean? So that's just, that's really all I got to say about Mitch, man. He's just been awesome so far this year. And something I do want to highlight the Knicks only missed one free throw tonight. They went 17 for 18 from the line. That is very important. If the Knicks, normally the Knicks miss half of those free throws. If the Knicks missed half of those free throws, this game would have been a lot closer. And I guarantee the starters don't get pulled. The Clippers starters, I mean, don't get pulled from this game with four and a half minutes left. Like we saw, once we saw that we went, Oh wow. We actually just beat a super team. You know what I mean? If the Knicks miss half those free throws, like I said, this game's a lot closer. You, you kind of sweat a little bit longer and you know, you get nervous with things like that. Cause we've, seen the Knicks fold close leads late in games so it's a very ticky t- t- tacky t- t- it's very true you know what I mean so and you know looking forward next game oh man we got to face Wemby man we got to face Victor Wembanyama. that's going to be tough the Spurs are not a great team as we know they're not a horrible team they do have some really interesting pieces other than Victor Wembanyama. they have Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, these are these are good players. You know what I mean? This is it's a very young team. It's a it's a learning team. These guys are still learning how to play together and how to mesh together. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a test for the Knicks, you know what I mean? They just played a super team, really. So to see if they can, you know, kind of not play down to the competition that is the Spurs, they really should beat the Spurs. I know Wemban is amazing and he's a generational prospect and all that. The Knicks are a way better team than the Spurs. They need to win this game. You know what I mean? They do not they can't play down to the competition. I know the Spurs have played some Really hard-fought games this year. They beat the Suns recently, so I mean, I know it's it's not your typical Spurs team that we're used to seeing the last couple of years, where they're just not really competitive. And the Knicks should just blow them out of the water. This is a different team with a different vibe and a different feel. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the Knicks test that. It's going to be Victor Wembanyama's Madison Square Garden debut, so there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game. It's going to be a lot of you know a lot of attention is going to be at this game. To see if Wemby can, you know, destroy the Knicks and have his Garden moment, we need to shut that down and we need to spoil it, just like we spoiled James Harden's debut today with the Clippers. So, you know, that's really all I got to say about that. I'm actually kind of excited to see Victor Wembanyama play. You know, he's he's looked pretty amazing so far. He's only a 19 year old kid. He's seven foot four. He's a freak of nature, just absolutely incredible player. I'm really excited to watch his career. So. You know, Obviously, this is not a Fireside Spurs episode, but kind of just wanted to talk about that a little bit. As a basketball fan, I am very excited for this game. I do want to see Wembenyama play. I hope we win this game, obviously. I really do hope the Knicks don't lose to the Spurs. That would really suck, but I am excited to see Wembenyama. So, yeah, that's really all I got to say about this one. Yeah, no, like you said, a loss to the Spurs would really sting because, I mean, you know, like, even though it's not the exact same Spurs team as far, you know, at least to start the season than it was last season, where they were basically uncompetitive in every game, you know, Wembinyama is a freak. He's seven foot four, guy who's shooting pull up threes and blocking shots at an incredible rate while also having a point guard handle. So, you know, he's someone that I'm going to be interested in seeing how the Knicks are going to defend him. You know, I, I'm curious to see how, like, a guy like Mitchell Robinson especially is going to defend him because he's Wemby's the type of guy that can pretty much score at all three levels of the court which is kind of an insane statement to say given that the guy is 7 foot 4 but it's true if you watch him play he can hit those mid-range post fades he can shoot threes he can pull up threes he you know obviously can dunk at a crazy rate because he's so much so overpowering compared to everyone else on the court so I'm very curious to see, how, to see how that goes. But like you said, the Knicks are a much better team than the Spurs on paper and just overall. So the Knicks really should win that game. But, you know, it's going to be a tough one just because of Wemby. And especially if Wemby has like a game like he did against Phoenix last week, where he had like, I think, 38 points and just absolutely obliterated the Suns, then it's going to be a tough one. But. I'm overall, I'm very excited to see it. Just like you said, we're basketball fans as well, not just Knicks fans. So, you know, very excited to see how that game's gonna play out, and hopefully the Knicks come out with another W. They have yet to get back-to-back wins this season, so I'm really looking forward to that. I really hope they can pull out the W in that one. But guys, with that being said, we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Let us know what you guys got to say about this win in the comments section below. We'd love to hear what you you guys got to say. Let us know what you also got to think about the next game against the Spurs, which I believe is on Wednesday. Let us know what you guys say. We'd love to hear what you guys want to talk about and anything like that. So make sure you do that. Make sure you also follow us on all of our social platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, of course, this YouTube page, which you're watching it on. The audio versions of these podcasts can be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on those. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on this video. And with that being said, we will see you guys in the next episode of Fireside Knicks. Peace out. What? <sharp inhale>